Welcome back to the Football Index Podcast. Today I am joined by FI Futures Trader on the 64th episode of the Figcast, which is uh, a great milestone again. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Fig. How are you? Very well. Very tired. Uh, Trying to get into the swing of things into 2019. Weird saying 2019, isn't it? It is, actually. Yeah, Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. This is the first recording in the new year first recording not the first episode of the new year i don't think is it i'm not sure but i should probably know that um i think so anyway anyway so why why don't you why don't we get straight into it why don't you tell us a bit more about uh what got you into fi and a bit more about your football index journey um what got me into football index okay well i've always had a a kind of an interesting in uh, what i call disruptive companies i.e companies that kind of you know, look at a marketplace that's established and, you know, that, that maybe some companies have got a monopoly in and think, I can do that different, quicker, faster, whatever. And and I think with the, uh, you know, going back quite a bit, with the invention of the internet, it completely revolutionised the way certain companies um, do business or certainly attracts business. Um, and, and, you know, things like that. And I, I look around and, you know, we're surrounded by so many different uh, companies that have, have, you know, disrupted uh, certain areas. I mean, the ones that sort of spring to my work, um, certainly for me, are the big ones like Airbnb, Uber, um, you know, Netflix. I mean, you know, gone are the days where you go into a, a video store and you know, hire a video. You, you stream or, even, or even go to the cinema. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So they've kind of looked at the internet and thought, you know, we can completely change the way people look at films and, and things like that. You know, Facebook, you don't tend to write letters to relatives anymore. You, you contact them on Facebook. Spotify, you don't tend to go and buy you know, your vinyl or your CDs or whatever, now you stream through Spotify. So, you know, when companies pop up like this, I, they do interest me. Um, and it goes all the way back to um, probably when Betfair started out. And I joined Betfair when it was called Flutter. I mean, that's going back quite a long way. And, uh, you know, with the peer-to-peer, and I thought, you know what, that's a, that's a really good way of, you know, you're cutting out the middleman, the bookies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also have shown interest in Zopper, the one where they cut out the banks and you can deposit money and they will lend it to people who require loans for various things, um, property partner and things like that. And, you know, along came Football Index and uh, I sort of had a look at this and thought, yeah, you know what, this is this is really different. And I sort of started off in my sort of career, should I say, in sort of betting or trading or whatever with Betfair and, you know, I wasn't particularly good at it. I, you know, I used to make a, a, a fair few quid and sort of was involved in match betting and things like that. And um, unfortunately, as we know, the bookmakers don't particularly like people who win um, and, and uh, you know, use maths against them, should we say. And um, so I sort of dabbled in football index because it gave me an opportunity to put football alongside trading, alongside figures and, you um, you know, started to make a few pounds on it and suddenly thought to myself, well, hold on a second, this this is a percentage, it's quite good. It's a disruptive company that's got a phenomenal potential. Uh, you know, as, as Adam says, you know, gambling and football are two huge, huge markets. So it, it, it kind of took off um, earning a, a decent amount, returns. I made my mistakes like everybody did. I did the fear of missing out. I, you know, I did everything that we've all done and you learn, you learn by the mistakes or as I, as I say to some of my friends, you either earn or you learn. Um, and um, gradually put more and more in and it continued to do well. Then the deposit bonuses came about and put more in and suddenly it gets to a point where rather than it's uh, sort of a, a hobby, should I say, it's almost like a, 
I don't know, it's almost like a mission. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's getting to a stage now whereby you have to work on it and you have to look at your portfolio on a regular basis. And it's it's now become you know, a, a huge uh, a huge part of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And, mm. um, and But more importantly, it's enjoyable. You know, some people go down a coal mine for a living. Uh, <laughs> I, I sit and watch Bundesliga games with a with a cup of tea and um, and trade those, and I, I really enjoy it. And it's and it's fun, and I think there's a huge potential for it. So so you're um, quite similar to Index Big Don, who we had on quite a while back, who um, traded Betfair professionally after, or not professionally, like, I, I don't really know what to call it. I guess it's professional gambling, um, professional trading, whatever you want to call it. He retired and then did that similar background and uh, you really enjoy it. And that's great. And I really love that the angle that you most like is the disruption that FI is is kind of bringing to the gambling market because it is such a old and um, quite it's it's just a bit of a slow moving industry at the moment. I mean, if you think about a product like Quiff, for example, the only the only thing they have is a fully digital uh, product with one feature that bookies don't have. So if you think about like that's the current state of disruption in gambling at the moment, people creating the same product with one different change or one different um, feature, while Football Index is completely reinventing the wheel. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not saying that every company that had a monopoly treated their customers bad, but I do take a kind of a, an enjoyment in in an environment where where sort of companies have in the past treated their customers quite bad, and someone comes along like Football Index, which is a complete breath of fresh air, mm. and, and and puts a different spin on it, and people go, yeah, you know what, we like that. I mean, I go back to banking. Um, you know, we all need we all know how banks have treated people in the past <laughs> with various things, and you know, it was a case of well, you know, take it or leave it. If you want a loan, you come to the bank, and you know, if you don't want to come to us, well, there's nowhere else. Now there are companies like you know peer-to-peer lenders who turn around and say well instead of getting one percent two percent of the bank deposit with us we'll pay you nine percent or whatever we'll charge the person borrowing twelve percent for a loan or you know whatever and uh, the margin is what we take and um, you're cutting out the middleman to all these huge great big offices up in london you're not yeah. paying for things like that chief executives you're not paying for things like that and the banks now are turning around and suddenly you know in the last few years have gone extremely sort of customer focused on the basis that there are disruptor companies in there and you know the, the bookmakers we all know they don't like winners they don't like people who take um, value and um, you know I've had well more than my fair share of accounts scubbed um, <laughs> you know they'll offer me sort of one pound 20 on, on various things and you know because they've turned around and said well we don't want your business so now I, I almost want to say to them thank you so much because by you turning me away has led me to football index and you know, it's been a fantastic ride. It is a huge bull market at the moment and um, pretty much everyone is making good money and um, enjoying the ride. And uh, as I say, it's because, uh, and especially with the fixed uh, fixed odds terminals as well being massively reduced, I, I fear for bookmakers. I really do. I think there was a tweet a little while ago that someone put out saying, RIP bookmakers, you know, this is the future. And um, I, I, I sincerely believe that. That's brilliant. And I think that banking point that you just talked about, they they just don't care about their customers at the moment and some of them are too big to even try and care about that customers so you look at companies like monzo starling all these challenger banks and then you look at all these um companies that are focused on uh small or medium-sized uh loans for small medium-sized companies and banks are slowly being 
edged away and they're being forced to innovate. And it's going to be interesting to see if we're going to see something similar in the gambling industry because i mean we saw what the um bet365 ceo took home last year was it 350 million i mean maybe next year she takes a bit less off the table and actually reinvests it (laughs) into the company and tries to um tries to do something that's going to potentially stop this market share being nibbled away and this might take 10 years but if you're a big company you always have to look way forward you can't just um stand where you are right now you have to be looking forward and also you have to be looking behind you at what challenges are coming and football index is certainly one of those um but i, I just want to ask you a little bit about what you currently think about the, the product and what you think about the, the company as well and lastly the trader community that's kind of built up I mean, as I said, the company, it is a breath of fresh air. It's only sort of, you know, three years old or whatever. So it's very, very new. And it's, it's you know, where it's come in that short period of time is absolutely phenomenal. Um, there's no way that you can get to this level, though, without making some, not errors as such, but certain things that need improvement. And um, one of the things I think we as a, a community uh, need to have a little think about is that, that you know this is kind of this product and these prices are kind of sentiment led and when we do have a huge success or we do invest in a player and he you know booms and we do sort of make a few quid or whatever I think it's really important to talk about it um, not in a bragging sort of way but in a you know in a confidence sort of way showing people you know I invested X amount a while back I believed in this player I did my research he's now worth this you know and even if he doesn't do particularly well you don't lose all your money I know it's the, the, the sort of tagline mm. that they use but on the flip side and I think this is probably more important as I said, there's no way Football Index are going to get everything right all the time. You know, I'm sure they'll hold their hands up and say, look, we could do that a little bit better. I think we as a community, as traders, have a responsibility that if we do have a, a, a moan or a groan or something, rather than to vent it publicly and say, you know, oh, this is terrible, I can't believe they've done it, I'd sell it on this, that and the other. You know, take, take the point up maybe directly with Football Index rather than putting it out there because, as I say, you know, this is a sentiment-led product and market and you know if, if bad news is put out there uh, well not bad news as such but maybe glitches such as oh i don't know the ios app keeps freezing it's rubbish i can't trade whatever well yeah you know we we, we all see that there's a slight you know glitch on the on the ios but you know just think of what football index has become in such a small period of time and and rather than vent you know frustration publicly i think we've got a bit of a responsibility ourselves to kind of constructively criticize the product in a, in a sensible way rather than you know, throwing it out there and, and potentially affecting what what could be a, an unbelievable product. Mm. I mean, there is that side of things, though, and I think it's quite powerful. When there is distaste or people are annoyed in the community and they voice it on Twitter, I, I think that that does have a profound effect. And I, I think Mike's told me before, you know, we read 90% of the stuff that gets thrown our way on Twitter. So I think there is that side of things where, okay, there are some issues where um, it's probably better or smarter for you as a in, nearly an investor or stakeholder in this company because of the money that you have invested in the in the index to probably send them an email directly rather than actually um, voicing this displeasure on Twitter. But I, th- I think there's a definite balance. I think some of the slander that's put out there is not necessary. And I think I, th- I think some of it is, to be fair. But um, I'm not saying look at it through rose tinted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying oh, it's the best thing ever and everything's great and everything's fine and everything works 
perfectly first time and everything. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, to, to, to sort of, you know, ask for feedback, I think is vital because a lot of the times you, you don't know if you're doing something wrong unless someone tells you. But I'm just, I just kind of feel that, you know, sometimes it can go a little bit over the top and, you know, a little bit sort of throwing your arms up in the air going, oh, you know, it's all terrible and this, that and the other. And I just, I just think that, as I say, because it is, it is a, a growing product, I think we have to bear in mind there will be little bumps along the way. You know, that it's like when they announced the, um, the, um, the sort of clean sheet um, dividends, you know, everyone sort of originally felt great and then sort of, hold on a second, threw their arms up in the air and said, you know, oh, well done, I've aligned my portfolio. Well, yeah, okay, absolutely. And, it, and this should be fed back. Um, and, but I think Football Index have taken that on board. They certainly seem like, I think the way they handled the last announcement was superb because the fact they gave the sort of the 30 minute, um, what should we say, cooling period between announcement and trading. So they listened to the community and they've, they've kind of thought, yeah, you know what, I can see what you're saying here and um, we'll do it that way. So I think that was a, a, an excellent example of criticism being made, Football Index listening to it and saying, we hear what you're saying, we understand what you're saying and we'll do it a little bit different this time. So. Um, as I say, I'm not looking. You know, I don't think we should all look at it through rose-tinted spectacles and say everything's amazing. But I, I just think sometimes I think the way um, things that aren't work are put out there could be, um, as should we say, improved a little bit. Would that be right? Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I think those are very valid points. So we did have a lot of questions here, mate. Um, but but bef- <laughs> but before we get into them, before we get into them, I do need to go on a bit of a uh, self-plugging rant here. You guys can also find me on youtube uh, 1750 subscribers now which is crazy it's been like maybe 40 a week recently which kind of just shows how many people are getting interested in this thing and if you do want to like if you don't want to see my face and you don't want to hear my voice then you can go have a look at the football index blog which is with me liam football index lm and uh, fi trader who has a daily blog um and that's fortnightly and it's hosted on medium the, the blogging site which is also a great site uh, really disrupted um blogging industry from from there didn't they uh, and if you want to hear my voice speak about just football then head over to the state of play pod uh, at state of play pod on twitter and on any um podcast hosting app that you use we did a recent episode which was top 10 um under 23 players to watch in 2019 which i think has gone down pretty well if you want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast you can hit me up on football.index.guide at gmail.com and last but not least please leave a review and subscribe tell your mates why not it's not half bad show is it but first question uh from ej himself who had a very very successful blog that went out i can tell you that that got some some real traction uh i really really and with no disrespect to him didn't expect that many people to click that long a piece and read it all through and through but it just shows that how much again interest there is in this product but he is he says if you were in charge of fi what would you do to improve current trader confidence so that all their gambling money and most of their savings is dedicated to fi so before we go on i think it's really important to know that football index is a gambling product and that you should only play you should only play with money that you can afford to lose and i would not advise anyone to put their all their savings in um but you can maybe speak about this a bit more 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that goes without saying. Um, it, it is a gambling product and, you know, it, it should be seen that way. And to put all your savings into it would be absolute madness. I mean, the, the, you know, people talk about rules of trading or whatever. My absolute golden rule before anything else, um, but believe it or not, this comes before read the rules, is get a diverse portfolio. And I mean that on football index. I mean it on your investments and everything, because then if something does go wrong, hopefully, you know, you're not going to well, you're not going to lose absolutely everything. So, um, yeah, first of all, it's certainly not a, an investment product. Um, I think Football Index, I mean, it's always difficult to talk about a company when you don't have all the facts and figures to hand, but I think Football Index are sending out the right signals. I mean, you've got, um, you know, j j just little things like John Watson doing the um, the voiceovers for the adverts, um, mm. the, the increase in um, um, £500 for Tri January, and just things like that. All the signs are very subtle to say things are moving in the right direction, um, the amount of staff um, that they spoke about that they had a little while ago. So these are all very subtle things that encourage people without saying, you know, put all your money with us. Um, the you know, subtle signs that they're sending out to, to reassure people that it is the future, it is the future of football betting, it is um, a place that you can feel comfortable with it is one that's growing and it is a, a disrupt a disruptor company along the you know hopefully along the size of airbnb uber netflix people like that you know it is going to be the the absolute place to go to for for football trading and betting so i think it's a very subtle way of doing it and um you know i like the way they put the information out um which which does restore um so investor confidence is the wrong word you know trader confidence should we say customer confidence I mean, this product is built on confidence, though, right, isn't it? And I think people need to understand that, especially, I think, going back to the point that you talked about at the start of the podcast, where you were talking about how it's important and that we have that responsibility that we shouldn't moan all the time. Uh, we should look at it, not in rose-tinted glasses, but as a, half, a glass half full rather than a glass half empty. I know it's hard to do, but positivity is really important and it's such a powerful thing uh, in any company and with any product yeah absolutely you know we we do i genuinely feel we do have a small responsibility to take uh, football index to the next level uh you know i mean football index couldn't um treble their user um base overnight but over you know over christmas you bump into family and friends and they say oh, oh how's that football betting thing that you're doing and you show them and uh, you know i had two people and actually three who who you know, opened up accounts and whatever. So from, from me as being one person, I've had three people do it. Well, you know, imagine you extrapolate that out over the whole user base. That's a phenomenal turnaround. So as I say, you know, I think I think there is a small uh, responsibility within all of us to not to sell it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should go around to people and say, oh, you must do it. You must do it. But people do ask you about it or, you know, talk about it in a, in a positive way. And, um, you know, as I say, just promote it in the, in the correct way. And I think, you know, it, it is... It is a surefire way to continue to make Football Index stronger, bigger company, and um, obviously, you know, uh, for the future, certainly uh, more sustainable. But if you were in charge of FI, what would be the one thing that you would do first? Um, oh, goodness me, I, I, I would probably, and and this this is gonna this is gonna attract incredibly polarized views. I would be very loath to keep issuing deposit bonuses um okay. or, or at well, least why is that or at least change the way they're done well i mean i track and chart all my sort of i'm quite sort of an excel geek when it comes to my trading <laughs> on, on on football index and 
you know, th there's nothing better than to sit there and see your portfolio absolutely leap due to a deposit <laughs> bonus. But, you know, I track it. And the fact there doesn't seem to, or certainly on the recent ones, have been a playthrough. Now, I'm not sure whether there's any sort of legalities as to why that hasn't happened, but it just seems that people have, you know, put the uh, deposit bonus in and the, the index has boomed. And then over the next sort of four or five days, it's trickled away, trickled away, trickled away, back to, um, if you can imagine, I don't know, so a 45 degree angle of a chart, that's how the profits are going, back down to roughly where that point would have been should the line have carried on. I don't know if I'm explaining myself too well mm -hmm. here. But, um, and, and I think a lot of people are turning around and thinking, well, hold on a second, I could put £10,000 in, get a £1,000 bonus. Um, well, my credit card could take that, so I could get charged 2% for my credit card. I'll put the money in, um, get my bonus, take it back out again, and the credit card company will charge me you know, 2%, so I'll be 800 quid up. And, and let's face it, why wouldn't you do that, you know, if you're going to get £800 for, for, for doing arguably pretty much nothing? So I, I would certainly... You know, I think someone was talking the other day about old oh, deposit bonuses over Christmas. I personally am really pleased that Football Index didn't do that because I've just had a steady, steady uptick. You know, it's, it's not boom and bust. It's just a nice, steady growth um, and not one that's led by a giveaway in effect. But obviously yeah. on the flip side of it is Football Index now have given people 10% of their deposit when in actual fact that money's probably gone in and come back out again. So it just creates a little bit more... Not instability, but a little bit more volatility, should I say, yeah. in the index. And, and, that, and can, that can breed uncertainty, can't it? And then well, damage confidence. Absolutely. And, you know, you can imagine someone saying to you, oh, you know, how do your index done? Like, oh, I've done unbelievable. It's gone up, I don't know, £2,000, let's say. And they're like, oh, I definitely want some of this. I love what you're doing. So, of course, over the next few days, they invest, and the market's only heading one day for a you know, week or so, and it's downwards because people are withdrawing it. So I just, I would probably either certainly ease back on deposit bonuses or have some sort of playthrough because you know there has isn't very well us doing very well out of it but you know football index as a company obviously need to ensure that they you know it's worth it for them as well and that money that they are rewarding for you putting in there that does stay in there so um, yeah deposit bonuses not so sure about that and there's lots of good news anyway about the share split and stuff like that so i just mm -hmm. don't even need to do it yeah i i I kind of agree with it, um, but there is a, an alternative side that I think um, we should consider. And this only kind of sprung to mind for me. Any, not, I'm not going to call it epiphany because it wasn't that. But when when I was recording the podcast with Alan Cooper, he talked about, uh, which is a very good one, you should definitely check it out, uh, available on iTunes and Spotify. Um, <laughs> he talked about how when the first deposit came deposit bonus he used came in he expected to take most of it out but stayed in with it and now he's built up and built up so i think there is that flip side where football index whether we like it or not and if you read that ej blog he talks about how they are dependent the success of the company is dependent on having those heavy hitters in the platform and those deposit bonuses are designed to have more of these heavy hitters in the platform and that doesn't mean they don't care about small users or uh traders with smaller portfolios and i think if you have a smaller portfolio then you should actually view that as a good thing the more bigger fish there are in it because it's better for the platform so it, i i'm I, I can imagine that there's kind of a balance for them right they might be giving away money to some extent but is it worth it if you're acquiring a user who is going to put fifty thousand pounds a hundred thousand pounds in the platform long term yeah I, I, I totally agree with that and as i say i think the way to do it would be to have some sort of playthrough 
that's the thing so yeah you know people who are genuinely going to deposit and use it and keep it in there fantastic they'll benefit you know you put your someone might go the whole hog and put ten thousand in and they get a thousand pound and fantastic they will stay there and, and they'll you know it will have the desired effects what my point is is the people who just think well i'll put every, you know i'll raid every single piggy bank i've got put it all in get the deposit bonus and then take it back out again and, and as i said before why wouldn't you do that i think somebody mentioned on one of these sort of uh, sort of um not the match betting sites but there was a site where you know it's various different offers you can take up it was on there i, they, I saw the exact same thing yeah they had an argument with somebody about you know they, they shouldn't be doing that and you think well yeah I, I can kind of see what you're saying it's a bit sort of um it's i don't know it's not what it's aimed for but as i said to you at the start what why wouldn't you do that if someone said you can do a couple of clicks of a, a mouse button and you know spend a bit of time shifting some money around and 800 quid yours it's it's it makes sense and logical so i don't know whether there's some sort of legality whether they can't put that on there anymore but I, I i seem to remember about a year or so ago there was a playthrough on one but recent ones there haven't been but i think also as well it's not only not only is it people putting in money that they then take out i think also as well people who are looking to invest hang back hang back hang back on the basis that i think there's going to be a share uh, sorry i think there's going to be a deposit bonus so people kind of hang back on that basis whereas normally a nice steady steady you know single digit um percent growth it is kind of good, I think, for in, for the for the platform and for the investor. Whereas, you know, if people are hanging back, hanging back, it all looks a little bit flat. It's not really going anywhere. It doesn't mm -hmm. create that excitement and whatever. And then suddenly, you know, the, the the deposit bonus is announced and the taps are on. And you know, do we get to where we would be anyway? I don't know. I, I don't have facts <laughs> and figures. Um, I, I know Football Index um, would have all that and um, would be able to make decisions. But certainly, from the outside looking in, I think that is the one thing uh, that I would probably you know maybe change a little bit another thing as well actually just thinking about it I, I, there's so many players tiny tiny priced players on that in, on the index now who are never or the chances of them attracting any media buzz or performance buzz is so remote um that i'm not sure why they're on there and maybe sort of streamline it a little, little bit more i mean you know you've got yeah you've got iraqi and saudi arabia players who from the world cup were, were ipo'd and they're around sort of 20 pence and you just think you know why why are these on here i just i'm not so sure they do a, a job um yeah and we we discussed this on the the podcast with asp i don't know if anyone's that's probably the most listened to ever episode but i was talking about how it's it makes sense to to declutter the platform because you know obviously one it's better for their servers having like less data on etc and two it just makes it look a bit more streamlined professional and he talked about having that massive database of like every player that you could buy and whilst i get that i also think there is that th side where you look at a player like that and you think why the hell is he there if he's like 37 um playing in like the iraqi league what what good is he for the uh platform and i think it's just kind of like let's have a look at those and see if we can maybe streamline the product a bit better um but speaking of deposit bonuses that we just talked about uh jamie harwood or her i never know i think it's harwood i'm gonna go with harwood do you did you think fi were right not to do a deposit bonus over christmas and new year and do you think there will be one pre-share split sorry jamie i keep butchering your surname marlon harwood's son yeah yeah no, no i think they're absolutely right not to do it um i don't think it was needed uh, um the, the, the good news came out that the share spits coming it's something that a lot of traders have you know wanted that when the um the poll came out that people voted in favor of it so that gave the market a, a boost we've had the um 
uh, you know, the adverts have been on um, Sky, um, Sky Sports. And so, so yeah, I think Mike tweeted the other day that the amount of sign-ups in um, January uh, for the first week were the same amount for the whole of January for last year, which, again, is good news. It's, so I, I just don't think that – and I think the fact they've put out that there was no not going to be a, a deposit bonus, the, the following days money flowed in. So I think people may have, you know, been maybe anticipating it. And once they got told, no, it wasn't, I think Adam wished everyone a – Sort of a, a happy Christmas or something, didn't he? And then said, "I, I absolutely confirm there won't be a, a, a you know a deposit bonus for um, um, Christmas." People then thought, "Okay, well, I've got money here that I was going to put in. There isn't going to be a bonus. Might as well pop it in now." So, yeah, I think they were absolutely right to. Um, so, what was the second part of the question? The... Uh, and uh, do you think there will be one sh- uh, pre-share split? No, I don't. Um, again, I, I, I don't think there will be. I, I don't really see you know, as a need for one. I think obviously there's a lot of anticipation anticipation of the share split and that's instilled sort of confidence in certainly, well, certainly the top players. So no, my gut feel is there probably wouldn't be one though. Well, I mean, uh, pretty pretty concise and pretty uh, <laughs> confident there won't be one. <laughs> can, can I just say, I should probably should have said it at the start of the podcast, actually. Don't, don't take anything I say as gospel, you know, it's, it's my own views. And, you know, disclaimer, uh, these are our own views. Disclaimer, absolutely, yeah. But my, my gut feel is that there won't be one. But, you know, if there is, you know, please don't start tweeting me saying, what do I know? Because I don't know. So it's just my gut feel. <laughs> well, next question from uh, Craig Peterson. What gives you the most confidence in the index for 2019? Um, we, again, we kind of touched on this, I think, at the start, you know, the, the, the subtle the subtle positives that are being put out, the, you know, the the, um, the continuation of the uh, Sky adverts, the, um, the share splits coming, they're listening, um, the increase in dividends that are being paid out. Not, I don't mean the increase in the rates, but I mean the um, goals and assistance, clean sheets and things like that. So it's a constant, you know, constant improvement, improvement, improvement to the to the index. So um, along with numbers as well, you know, if you're attracting the same amount of customers in a week that you did in a month last year, again, that can only say good things. Um, so, um, yeah, they're, they're the things really that are, that are giving me the most confidence in the in the product itself. There, there is... It's it's very very rarely that I look at something and think, you know, I don't like that. I don't like the look at that. Um, and even if it is something that doesn't necessarily benefit me personally, I can kind of you know understand in a way why it's been done or whatever. So um, yeah, th- th- I think they're the main reasons. Yeah, nice and nice and concise again. We're, we're getting more concise as we go on to the show. <laughs> but uh, next, I need to do a little bit of a sponsor ad. Uh, this pons yeah yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do it do you want to do it <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by final runner uh it is basically a last man standing game and this is the explanation all you have to do is pick a winning team in every game week and the last man standing wins a portion of the pot which is a combination of the stakes entered which is usually about 10 quid and the reason i like final runner uh one of the reasons is it kind of has that synergy with football index where your stake could last quite a long time so we had quite a few competitions already so the first game uh fi lincoln if you're listening and my myself uh, i don't know how i made it all the way to to nearly the last man split a 255 pound pot as we were the only two players left and to be honest i was being a massive pussy and i thought i just split the pot uh and the second game chelsea knocked me out uh, which isn't great uh, cheers martin cook and alvaro morata blame you two solely um 
And there are, I think, two people left in that game. But we have a third game. If you head over to uh, www.finalrunner.com, you can join the competition called Figdom, uh, F-I-G-D-O-M. And um, hopefully this will be the biggest pot yet. The bigger the pot, the bigger your potential winning. So tell your mates if you join, why don't you get your mates involved? And the biggest thing I like about them as well is um, that you can create your own game if you're like an organization, a charity. If you're trying to raise money for a football team, you can get like parents and stuff involved. Uh, they can all play the game and then you as the organizer can take a portion of the whole pot and use that to fund whatever you need to fund. So a, a more disruptive product here in the in the gambling setter fi futures trader absolutely yeah yeah different way of looking at things as i say some things work some things don't but um you know as i say there's some opportunities for some uh, good ideas and different ways of looking at things brilliant brilliant and uh well next question fi charlie initially were you worried for pogba's price following Mourinho's sacking and how did you trade manchester united players following the announcement okay um no i well i say no i wasn't um it's never fun to, to to see one of your players that you hold quite a lot in going down. So I suppose yes, there's an element of worry there when you see that. But you know, this this guy is a is incredible, isn't he? I mean, he's he just constantly never ceases to bring in dividends of some description or another. So he's one of these players where you think, well, you know what, whether whether Mourinho goes or Mourinho stays, he's going to be headline news. So with with the sell off. Um, yes, initially you're worried because you don't like anything going down, but I, I certainly didn't sell. And if I remember rightly, I think I um, I sort of bought more on oh, top of Yeah, on the bottom of the dip because I, you know, these players don't go bad overnight. Well, especially especially sort of players like Popper. So um, no, I did I did buy, and then it's quite interesting actually because it kind of leads into the next question. I I just felt that there was all these Manchester United players were like caged animals who are incredibly skillful incredibly talented and just being held back so um on the first um Oligana Solskjaer game I had um a whole load of um I looked through um it's sort of doing a bit of a plug here but I, I'm hugely a fan of index gain and I, I looked through um quite in depth at a lot of Manchester United players and had a whole load lined up on the basis that you know this this could really click um Pogba being one of them Martial being another one uh Rashford and um I had a whole load of players lined up for the game and um one of the things that I said at the start was is to uh diverse your portfolio I also diverse the way I trade so I have some long-term trades I have some high div earners I have some you know low price slow burners but i also and i heard this on the podcast a little while ago i do momentum trade i do sort of uh, look for a momentum and i just felt that it was going to be a almost like an explosion of, of talent if if they could be let you know let free so uh on the game uh trying to think it was was it Bournemouth possibly i can't remember exactly but um the one where popper got the two goals and um, yeah i was ready to go on a lot of manchester united players and as soon as they started to Sort of look business and score the goals i was massively into them again so um you know in answer to the question a little bit worried at first when you see something going down but always believed it come good in the end and felt that manchester united had been massively oversold certainly the front runners um or the current players who were front runners uh, maybe not sort of like so alexis sanchez and people like that but certainly rashford martial to a certain degree, Lukaku, um, you got to remember what he you got to remember what he did for you know in the World Cup. Um, so as I say, you don't become a bad player overnight. I just felt he you know possibly being mis- mismanaged and they were ready to go. So um, 
yeah, I, I, I then was ready to go and um, heavily invested in those players when they seemed to be ready to to perform again. So, uh, yeah, I did quite well out of that one, to be fair. That was one of my uh, better traits. <laughs> Congrats. And I think just on a footballing standpoint, some of the players at Manchester United are playing phenomenally. Obviously, we know about the big boys, Pogba, Rashford. Uh, Rashford, I think... Um, nominated for the player of the month in the Premier League uh, Martial playing really well uh, on the ball a lot more but if you look at players like Herrera, Matic, Lindelof even they're playing really well and I mentioned this when I announced the partnership with Index Gain that I'm really really interested I think there's massive opportunities when there's new managers no matter the team no matter the players when there's a new manager they present a different style which is going to be better or worse for PB and if it's worse for PB obviously you're going to be more likely to sell if it's better then you're going to be more likely to buy those players whether or not they actually win PB there's still going to be hype if that team scores more goals or plays really flamboyant football etc etc so I think that's going to be really interesting going forward because we saw it with Sarri right when he came in lots of defenders going up and Jorginho's price etc Hazard doubling in price essentially because seemingly he's far better at PB and obviously you know the contract situation there has probably helped him a little bit as well but this is what I mean Um, new managers are having a really big effect on the index and I think that's being slept on, even though we had massive changes over the summer in the Premier League. I wonder what's going to happen in the future, how we're going to look at these changes and whether or not we're going to see even further rises, not particularly in Manchester United players. I'm sure some of them will do really well and some of them will go down if they don't perform well. But in other countries and in other teams in the Premier League, when they get new managers, what it's going to be like, it's going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, some people, some managers will do different styles, which uh, which suit certain players. I mean, you know, Sarri at Chelsea with Jorginho, he, you know, he, he's always relied on him. He plays through him all the time. So he was certainly, you know, a player that would flourish under him. And then you get players that are restricted. Again, the one that springs to mind, I think, is Gareth Bale at um, Real Madrid. You know, he was he was ticking up nicely. He was, you know, he was off to the... Um, uh, the European Champions League final and everything was, you know, ticking along. And then he started to drift off a little bit because he wasn't really fancied. And then he said he was going to be leaving because he didn't see eye to eye necessarily with his manager and not so many words. So his price went, you know, intergalactic. <laughs> then suddenly the manager leaves. So suddenly his yeah. price comes down because you think, well, actually, he might now stay. So, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, think yeah. that's a really good point there. And it's certainly one that we don't really discuss that often, actually, the impacts of manager changes have on certain players. But as I say, you know, when you when you play for Manchester United, you don't, you don't just turn, you don't just end up there as a career move. You, you earn it and you have to, I think, be an exceptionally good player to get there. And so to play the way they were playing was very confusing and you know one that we couldn't really understand and it and you know the manager changed and and I think sort of all right they've not had any anyone necessarily of, of huge note yet they have played the the lower end of the table teams and, and teams that you probably would expect them to get a result against but mm. certainly the way they're playing has, uh, has has improved their their players um, significantly and I, I think as I say I think that's a really interesting point and one that we often overlook manager changes. Do I sense that you're a Manchester United fan? I'm not actually. Oh, no. okay. You know what? Bizarrely, I um I don't actually support a Premiership club. I uh, oh. I, I, I love my non-league football. Funny enough, so uh, yeah, I, I um which is good really because you've got no football index. Uh, <laughs> I support all my local teams. <laughs> what, what what are they? What are they called? Um, Enfield Town. Ah, oh, um, interesting. 
and so Chesson, um Hoddesdon Town as well. So they're my local club. So uh, I used to, I used to I used to play quite a lot uh, a lot against those guys. Um, yeah, back. I actually went and trained with Chesson a couple of times. Played against um, plays played against Hoddesdon Town a couple of times. Uh, trained trained with Enfield Town as well, actually. I think, but um, yeah. Uh, in the in the past now in the past yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that helps in a way because you take all your prejudices away so for example you know if you're a tottenham fan how comfortable are you buying arsenal players or how comfortable are you selling tottenham players uh, because you know you you go and watch them maybe and they perform for you and you, you know you'd struggle to sell them because they you know you like them because that's your club um and i think i think not having a a premiership team as it were enables you to just look at things from a, i mean that's why again you know with index game you can look at the charts and it takes all sort of prejudices away um it tells you if something is a good buy or a good sell or you yeah. know potential yields and things like that so you know the fact that you don't have an allegiance to a certain team um i think i think really helps definitely so definitely so and speaking of index gain and partnerships this is going to be our data section little interlude blah 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 blah. Uh, maybe put some music in there <laughs> if i don't find any good music i'm just going to leave this in um and uh, this is going to be in conjunction with a question that was asked in the forum which i really really liked uh, it was from metropolis uh and i think he's asked questions before for the podcast he says Manchester United, again, there's going to be another United question. Sorry, guys. It, I'd like to hear some opinions on Manchester United players and whether the current rise is sustainable with so much uncertainty. I think Edward would confirm the new manager will not be announced until the end of the season. So there's going to be so much speculation around which so much speculation around which will only create volatility with the potential for gains, but also being burnt. Would it be better to exercise caution or get in early before the split as the club appears to be heading in the right direction. Pogba in particular, is his rise sustainable? So leading on from that previous question, this is a different angle. The sustainability point. A lot of these guys have risen a lot, especially if you think about the likes of Lukaku, Rashford, Martial, Sanchez, uh, Pogba, Fred, Lukaku, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's only so many positions on a football pitch and there's only so many dividends to go around. So what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I think they were oversold um, a while ago because they were underperforming, and, and probably rightly so. But so so they're probably now up to a more realistic level. I, I mean, you know, yes, people can't keep going on forever and ever, and certainly some of these some of these players aren't be really hitting the media buzz that the likes of Pogba, etc., etc., gets. But um, I mean, if you actually look at the top ten, I mean, there's I think there's probably only Pogba in the top ten, isn't there? I, I don't know. I don't know who would be there. Maybe Rashford might just be sneaking into it. So you know, it, it, it's not like the, the top ten has got the you know five out of um, the top ten of Manchester United players. So um, I agree with the point. There's only so many players, but I, I think we could probably you know form two piles of players that if you took over at Manchester United, you'd probably like to keep, and uh, another pile of. Um, players that you probably might like to offload um so i think you know if you if you look at it from a, a genuine trading point of view and not a fan i think um you know looking at some players uh, i mean some of just i think martial just signed a new um, contract and uh, I, I, th- I think you know as i say that there, there, there are players there who you think you know what if you're playing at a club like manchester united all right they're not hitting the heights that manchester united have done in the past but manchester united is still manchester united mm. and to play for a club like that and to be a striker um, 
yeah, I, I, I think they're, um, again, you know, the, the caveat of um, don't take anything I say as gospel, but certainly <laughs> I, I wouldn't but it, I wouldn't be looking to sell Martial, Rashford and um, players like that at the moment, certainly probably because of the media machine he is. But as I say, there are there are ones there I look at and um, think, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced if a new manager came in, they would necessarily be um, mm-hmm. their type of player. And I mean, on the flip side, it, we could have them, for example, lose four or five nil to Tottenham, and people think, "Oh, they're back to being shit again." So we'll see what happens. I think there's definitely there's as as I think in the question where he talks about um, potential gains and there's potential to be a burn. I think this is an excellent opportunity, but you also have to think about the downside at the current price, not what they've risen to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, as much as you know, they they sort of start playing and enjoying it and um, saying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's bought fun and whatever into it and they boomed, as you rightly say, yeah, they could end up playing Tottenham and if they lose 3-0, it could be a huge drop-off. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is only really the front man for this. I mean, Mike Phelan worked with Sir Alex Ferguson for God knows how many years and I think Ferguson's had a bit more of an influence just to speak about football for a little bit. So I think it is more like the Ferguson days. Um, And obviously, we haven't had Football Index when that was the time. But um, you can imagine that they would have even been uh, higher. They would have been top of the index kind of really regularly, especially when we only had media buzz. But some some of the stats that were provided by Index Gain, um, I asked the guys to who are on the previous episode of the podcast that you guys should definitely check out to provide me with kind of rolling 12 month periods from the buy price for Pogba uh, and what yields he's provided over those 12 months periods. So basically, if you imagine January to last January, December to last December, December 2018, of course, uh, November to last November, etc, etc. The last five um, from buy price, obviously, because we don't want to go to before we had PB. And if you'd the average yield was 98.9% just in dividends from the buy price um so that's the rolling 12 month dividend yield uh, averaged 98.9 percent um at, so he's average that's 89.8 percent in media buzz 9.1 percent in performance buzz which i'm sure probably about eight percent of that has come from the last like few weeks and the rolling one year or 12 month dividends have averaged three pound 95 and this really made me interested into the last bit of the questions where he says is his rise sustainable and i thought okay well why don't we take that uh dividend average over those or the rolling dividend average and think about what the required yield of a player is if they were at their maximum price so in your opinion like what what do you think people are really comfortable with i think there's been speculated of 10 percent, 15 percent, 20 percent. a lot of people think okay we're, we're in a startup i'd like 40 50 percent gains because it's a bit riskier where, where do you see it I, again you know going back to the first rule of my football index i think a diverse portfolio and, and some of them you do want a high yield on because they're they're doing it now you know and they've probably reached the peak so if they've reached the peak of their price you probably do want a high yield for example you know you might pick uh jaden sancho for example and for him to hit his yield would be really difficult because he's he's kind of only starting out at the beginning of his career but he's already quite highly priced so i i don't think you can actually put a yield per player as such Mm. um because you know as i say if you looked on the index game charts and you looked where for example jaden sancho was he's not returning dividends anywhere near what he should for his price nowhere near in fact if you just looked at it as a plain chart you'd sell him all day long but it's his future i mean that's why i call myself 
Global Index futures trader because you are you are sort of looking at the future. You're thinking, okay, where can this player go now? Um, adversely, you'd look at it and you'd see Ronaldo absolutely miles above the chart. You know, this is this is returns um, in comparison to, to price. But again, with the stories around him at the moment and also potentially his age, you would think to yourself, well, you know what? Um, you know, looking at the chart itself, you'd buy him all day long because mm. his yield is so much higher. But, you know, there is more to it. Is, is it more, well, sorry to interrupt, but when is it, mm. is it more when those dividends do start rolling in for a player like him that we do see a rise? And I do get the concern about the age and what we mm. saw with Ibrahimovic just, I think, mm. really, not shocked the market, but really pushed people to think, okay, the younger the better. When it's not necessarily true when we look at performance buzz or media buzz yields, I think um, we've seen charts that the kind of average age of the higher performing um, mm. people is about 27, 28. Of course, that mm. is in line with the peak of a player's career, kind of. Mm. I mean, uh, see, uh, I speak to certain people and, and a lot of people don't actually pay an awful lot of attention to the dividends, which, you know, is crazy. But they look at the, the price rise because that's the sort of the instant gratification thing, isn't it? You buy a player for seven pounds, whatever, you look back in a few days or he's banged a few goals in the bank, his prices gone up, etc., etc. So I, th- I think, you know, yes, yield is really important, but I think the growth is as well. And, and that's the point I was trying to make about the future. A lot of people look at the future. Okay, you know, I don't mind paying eight pounds for a player at the moment like Sancho, who isn't, you know, his, his, his dividends return isn't great, but he's going to be the future. He could be, you know, 10, 20, who knows where he could be. Um, adversely, though, and, you know, again, I, I don't like talking about players that I yeah, particularly rate or particularly don't rate because I don't <laughs> want to be seen to be talking down people because I know they, you know, people own them. But... If you look at someone like Kane, for example, this here's a guy who's hit um, golden boot last year in the Prem, golden boot at the World Cup, and you think, well, how much better than that can he get? And that's the pinnacle, <laughs> surely, of a striker. So, to me, when you look at Kane and you think to yourself, well, this guy's, you know, he's floating around the eight, nine, ten pound mark, and you think, but where's he actually going? Where, where's his increase going to come from? And there isn't a lot of headroom, in my opinion, there. So you're looking at him solely. A dividend return so you go is that maybe though because he's at a small club sorry tottenham fans goodness me you're working <laughs> at my fig i'm <laughs> i've got too many tottenham supporters <laughs> um no i don't think so i mean you know where's the next step for him i mean he'll either stay at spurs in which case he you know he will continue to bang goals in and be a great player and a, a fantastic guy or he'll go abroad now we've seen as well before people who go abroad don't necessarily go up in price because of the you know the british media etc so my concern with him is, you know, you've got to get a higher yield from him, which he does. So, you know, he is, that's why he justifies price. But, you know, as I say, so so players, I don't think you can say I will not invest in a player unless he gives me 10% yield because they because players could have a, a whole um, other part of their mm. um, sort of situation which will give you what you want to get, i.e. Yeah. growth in price um so yeah i i think taking a i think you need to look at your whole portfolio and and, and come up with a, a a sort of a yield gain rather than one particular player because you know diverse your portfolio and yeah i agree set 10 percent, 15 to whatever you want to do but i don't think you can with one player i really don't mm. well i picked these arbitrary figures for the guys over at index gain to have a look at um if we or the community or traders were happy with 10 percent, and at three pounds 95 uh, which was his average uh, yield in the last five 12 month periods 
then he could potentially hit nearly 40 pounds, which I feel to be quite of unrealistic. And if that would happen, he would have almost 8 million pounds in him or 7.8 million pounds. That's a bit of a guesstimate based on 100 uh, futures moving a player 1p. And if it was 15%, if that's what people would be happy with, I don't know, we're still in a very immature market. Uh, using that £3.95, he could hit £26.33. And that would mean he'd have £3.5 million in him. And uh, if it was 20%, he could hit uh, £19.75, which would mean that there would be almost £2 million in Pogba. These are crazy figures. Um, But it's going to be really interesting to see whether it's going to be... And a lot of people think, oh yeah, 10%, that's fine. I'd be really happy with that because it's better than my bank account. But on the other side... It is a startup. It is a gambling platform. There is higher risk. So with higher risk, you want higher reward. So whether or not people are going to start looking more at the 20-25% mark upwards, it remains to be seen. But as we kind of squeeze towards the top of the market cap and there's going to be less of those 100% rises, I think that maybe we will get from, okay, 30% was was what I wanted. Well, now I'm going to lower that to 20% because I'm not really getting those cap appreciations on the other side of my portfolio. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Football Index in the next two years. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you've got any more opinions on this. Well, just really, you know, when you said about that, that's a crazy price. You know, when Pogba was down about the sort of five pounds mark, you know, if I'd have said to you that he's going to be sort of, I don't know, <laughs> As I say, 17, 18 pounds, you go, oh, that's, that's a crazy price. But, you know, that they are hitting their crazy prices. That's the mm-hmm. thing. You know, what is crazy anymore? I mean, you know, I, I just don't think we know what crazy is. Um, you look at sort of Neymar and things like that, and you, you look at it now and think, yeah, that's crazy. But I remember talking about him when he went to 10 pounds, thinking 10 pounds for a player on this is, is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, you know, he's doubled that. So, you know, where is crazy? Where is crazy indeed? And if you, if you guys want to check out Index Gain, just head over to indexgain.co.uk. They have a great Slack community, but they also have a wonderful, wonderful data platform that has all like yields and uh, all performance bars and media scores uh, since pretty much the beginning. And uh, if you want a cheeky discount, then when you get to checkout, if you do sign up to the data data product uh which is eight pounds 49 now i believe you can get 10 percent off by just entering fig at checkout any good words from you on index gain it's my absolute go-to place um you know i'm not sponsored but um, it's my <laughs> it's my absolute go-to place without any shadow of a doubt i i, I um, the way i trade i look for you know i look for players i hear reading internet i read twitter i do my research and once i've got a player i'll go to index gain and i'll you know look at him on there and the the amount of information there is phenomenal i mean you know what what um what uh what dan and stuart have done is is phenomenal and um yeah i'm a huge fan of it i really am yeah it's a, it's a great product and you guys should definitely check them out on the podcast that they were appeared on last episode it's got a great reaction and uh, i think they had some very very wise words to say about the index its future what the product is now and stewart is just like a analytical mastermind isn't he nutcase not that dan isn't a clever bloke uh <laughs> but that wasn't the end of Metropolis's questions, if you remember his question that we started with. He says, transfer window, advice on survive, surviving the window, hold and hide or ride the waves and flip at the right moment. Any tips on resources for transfer rumours? Resources? Um, oh, goodness I think me. it's Twitter, isn't it, to be fair? Um, you know, so many players get linked with so many different clubs. It, it really is. It's not the... 
it's not the trading that I like to do. Um, it's nice if one of your players comes off, but there's so much fear of missing out. Um, I, I just don't. I don't sleep too well when I when I back a player that's suddenly, you know, going to be the next big transfer request because he can he can soon tank as well. I mean, you know, I, we we all make mistakes, and I'm quite happy to hold my hands up. You know, I felt Ramsey was going to be the big tug of war throughout January. I thought it was going to be the Alexis Sanchez of 2019. You know, you hear that five clubs are in for him, so you know he was going to be the next. Um, as I say, you know, headline every single day. First, it's PSG, now it's Juventus, now it's Real Madrid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, come New Year's Day, he turns around, and says, "Yeah, signed a pre-contract with Juventus, lovely." And off went his price, and it tanked. And you think, yeah, you know what? Um, that's that's the um, that's the uh, transfer window. So, yeah, choppy, um, volatile, everything that I don't particularly like about <laughs> trading. I don't uh, like uncertainty, and um, yeah. Not not a big fan of the transfer window, to be fair. You can win big, though. and uh... You can, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't, but, you know, I, I like to find a player, think he's, a, you know, he's worthwhile investing, he gives a good yield, and, and see that pay off. What I, I don't get an awful lot of satisfaction in reading something that someone's going somewhere, think, oh, okay, that sounds logical, hitting it, and then it happening, and then thinking, well, it was someone else's work, and I just really followed it. I, yeah, it's... Um, it happens. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's an exciting thing to watch, but certainly from a trading point of view, it's a little bit volatile for my liking. So not something I particularly enjoy getting involved. So you'd be under the hold and hide. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I think my tips would be not to get into FOMO, uh, not to give into FOMO, sorry. Absolutely. Um, and we all, every, every single trader has suffered from FOMO, you know, at one point. And, and you hate yourself for doing it. You absolutely hate yourself for doing it, but it happens. Um and um, nothing, nothing. I don't think I'll ever stop that. But um, yeah, avoid FOMO if you can, if you're missing out. Absolutely. I have a video on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. It is all about FOMO, uh, what it is and how to avoid it if you want to check that out. He had a third part of the question, though. Winter break, value in European players because of the winter breaks. Lots of bargains around, but are there any particular players worth looking at? And obviously we don't want to highlight specific players, but what do you think about the winter break in general? Like, do you think it's been overstated? Um, because it seems as though people think that the winter break has just suddenly decreased the intrinsic value of players, which if you've, if you've been holding them for ages, then maybe that's true because they've got less opportunity to, to win games. But what, what do you make of a lot of people saying, oh, well, not buying because the winter break? clever shrewd or is it it's not, not buying for the winter break you know let's face it it's not a huge winter break it's not like sort of three months or something and you know for, for you to sort of choose the time to sell a player who's going to be part of the winter break in whatever country and then buy back at a point where they're going to come back to start playing again and make money on the spread and your commission um is is an incredibly unlikely situation and one that could end up costing you you've really got to concentrate and you know get the right point and i just think that yeah they'll drop off a little bit but you know the winter break just let it happen let it roll and it'll be back to where it was i mean there's players um i think that that do offer really really good um dividends and yields and whatever and there's one i'm thinking of in particular i won't mention him because as i said i don't want to sort of talk any players up but let's just assume you were an attacking defender from Bayern munich let's say um uh, you know he he's he drifted off a little bit but he's coming right back again because people can think you know what, germany's about to come back in a week or so um 
and, and the guy's going to carry on from where he where he is. So um, yeah, you know, as I say, I, I, I mean, I'm so glad from a, a support's point of view that we don't do it here. I think sort of games over Christmas and whatever is, is absolutely fantastic, and it's all part of the Christmas break. But um, if that's what they want to do abroad, then that's up to them. But um, certainly, I, I wouldn't look to sell players there. I just hold on to them, and um, you know, if someone has been um, you know dipped a couple of ticks, then uh, maybe pick them up for a bargain. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um someone said something quite interesting to me where they said the Spanish winter break was almost as short as how long Premier League teams won't play in the Premier League just because of this FA Cup weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It didn't seem to, it didn't seem to last very long, did it? And they're back. I know Germany's gone on for another week, I think. But so, uh, yeah. It's... And Italy got extended slightly, um, didn't it? But I, I think it's, I said it in the, the Football Index blog, it's an opportunity to accumulate, isn't it? Yeah, potentially pick up a few um, sort of bargains and such, but just pick up a few players that are slightly, you know, been, been sold for, for whatever reason. Um, you might get a couple of ticks advantage. So, uh, yeah, you know, try and pick up a, a few people who have caught your eye now might be the time to buy them. Well, uh, thank you very much for all those questions, Metropolis. I really, really like them. Uh, I think they were cracking questions and, and keep them coming. Next one from Football Index Wolf. What are your thoughts on having a free-to-play section on Football Index like most platforms have so new users can trial with virtual cash and use it to learn? Do you know what? When I saw this, I thought to myself, that is a fantastic idea. That is a really, really good idea. Um, a lot of places do um, allow you to... Um, Sort of trade with virtual cash, and I think Betfair do, um, or, or sort of the, the the automated software. I think you can. Um, yeah, great idea because you know every every single person, every single person who um, uh, is asked advice about football index, they say you know start off with a small amount and learn the ropes, and you know when you lose some money, try and understand why. When you gain some money, try and understand why. If you can put in a you know a certain amount and, and trade it uh, risk free, um, I know this is being offered anyway with real money, but sort of trade it risk free, then then yeah, you know why not? That would help, and and also I think not only that, it would help people who turn around and say, okay, well let's simulate it with what would have happened if I put in five thousand or. 20,000 or whatever you can you know you can kind of simulate how well you would have done and um, that may lead you to decide to put more in or not as the case may be so yeah really really good point and it's it's not one I've heard actually um and so uh, and you know once you've got your platform all set up I'm, I'm assuming and don't get me wrong I'm no IT expert but I'm assuming it, sh- it wouldn't be too hard um to design um and to organize so yeah I think that's a really really good point and one that um probably next uh, maybe should uh, have a little look at yeah i think it'd be quite interesting um i i do think it might be an alternative to the free 500 pounds thing like the um money back if you if you fail because i think a lot of people especially in the match betting community have used that and just thought oh this is um this is just an opportunity for me to make some money and if it works it works if it doesn't um and i'm not sure what percentage of those people stick around so I think potentially, you know what? I actually got a message from someone who isn't 18 yet um, who said, is there a free version? And I said, well, even if there was a free version, I don't think that you'd be allowed because you're under 18. But it got me thinking about this free version. And I think it could be quite interesting. And it could be a really good way to test things. Um, I mean, if you're going to try and implement, um, for example, what we saw with GNA, could you first implement that into the free product and see how traders react or how traders trade? I'm not sure. That there could be a, a, a win-win 
here for Football Index and for traders who don't want to risk that cash, first of all? Yeah, absolutely. As I say, it does take the risk out of it, doesn't it? I think I think the only slight little fly in the ointment there would be: would people trade differently if yeah. it wasn't money? That's the thing. Mm. You know, um, I remember many many moons ago when you have sort of like a I don't know, like a poker app on your phone or whatever, and you can just play poker. And if you but if you're not playing for money, then you can think, well, you know, what well, I might as well just I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just to try and you know, just try and. Well, well, there could be things around that, right? You could start off, everyone could start off with a set uh, amount of money or um, you could have it so that um, money resets every month or something like that to avoid someone just being like, <laughs> fancy sticking about a million into Neymar of this virtual cash. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it might encourage you to do things that you wouldn't normally do if it was virtual cash. But no, I think, I think certainly from a training point of view, I think it's a really good idea. And let's face it, it's an option, isn't it? It's, it's yet another thing that people can say, yes, I like that and take it up. Or what's the point of that? I'm not going to use it. Or at least if it's there, people have the option. So again, it's yet another uh, additional thing that, that Football Index offer. And if people are unsure, you can always say to them, well, look, don't forget, you can you know, try for a couple of months with this virtual cash and see how you go. And, you know, if you're rubbish, then there's your answer. Whereas if you're good at it, well, maybe, maybe it is something for you. Yeah, definitely. I think there are, especially for those people who haven't bet before, right? well yeah exactly yeah, absolutely because you know betty I, I was i was talking to funnily enough i was uh, i was talking to dan on the index game uh, um about you know this stereotypical image of someone who um uses this type of product and on the one hand you've got a gambler and on the other side you have a trader and those two sort of words conjure up completely different images um, and if you said to somebody, oh, I'm a gambler, they sort of look at you, you sort of think, yeah, okay. Whereas if you sort of say I'm a trader, oh, you know, what are you trading? And, you know, and it, it just kind of up that. And if you said to people, um, you know, it's not gambling, you'd be lying because it is gambling, but it's not gambling in the, you know, standing in a bookmaker's putting, you know, 20 pound or whatever on a greyhound that you've never heard of because it's got the same name as, you know, someone you know kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it could encourage people who don't consider themselves gamblers is the point we're trying to make, you know, and, and sort of say it's more of a trading um, platform and uh, they, they could try it out even though they're not in inverted commas gamblers. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's the, the point to take away from it, right? You can either have people who don't have much money, who don't want to risk it, try it out, or you could have people who have never done any form of betting, trading, investing, whatever, never risk their cash in their life, who might really love football and really love this concept and then just have a have a have a flutter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it fits it fits that thing. As I say, it's options for people. That's the thing. You know, to add options can only be a good thing. You don't have to use them. It's not like you have to sort of you know, do a promotion where you have to trade for a month on this and then go into it. You know, it's there if you want it. So, yeah, if it's not too difficult a thing to do, why not offer it? But it's a, it's a very good point. And it's, you know, we do chew over the same old things time and time again. So to see something like that is, you know, it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite an interesting point and definitely something that I would uh, I think would benefit people. Definitely. So uh, the next question is from... Parvez11233 from the forum, uh, from the Football Index forum. Uh, hey, Fig, you have probably had your fill on this question, but can we get another opinion on share split followed by dividend increase? I suppose by foregoing the share split and introducing fractional purchases can work, but what does need to happen is a dividend, uh, is 
dividend increases as we get more sophisticated tool for example index gain my opinion is users will look for a yield metric as a way of evaluating intrinsic value of a football player future and as the value of a player goes up the yield percentage will start going down and this will eventually lead to stagnation an easy solution to derive the dividend amount is to take the simple average cost of all futures in the market and set thresholds for each dividend increase. The basic, this basic formula is used regularly in analytics by data scientists. Very wordy, but there's something very interesting in there, isn't there? Um, yeah, I, I can kind of, I can kind of see what you're getting at there. I mean, with, I mean, let's take it right back to the very basic. I mean, the share split, as we all know, has absolutely no effect at all on um you know how much you expect to earn and it does has had no effect at all on football index at all so it's kind of like a almost like a, a no-brainer to do it because the, the gut feel is that people would then see the higher amounts as more accessible and also the higher amount of players are more accessible and then and then would go for them so you know i think we can all understand why the share split is going to happen to then say to raise the dividends well that obviously will increase the cost of football index so they are and again, you know, being not privy to the financial details, I don't know whether that's something that they say, look, we can easily do this or no, we can't at this particular stage. So, you know, to, to sort of, to sort of, um, it would be a double whammy to, to, to offer a share split and then increase the dividends would be a, a double whammy. Um, so, so that's something which, you know, I, I don't necessarily think will happen. I, I listened to um, Kieran a couple of weeks ago on the podcast saying about yeah. the, um, the decimal um, and to own a part of, a player or a percent of a player similar to sort of maybe uh, bitcoin at the moment you know you'd own point one of a bitcoin and i think there's there is a i think there is a there is a line of thought there you know to say that if somebody wins um star man they get i don't know 50 pounds or 100 pounds or whatever and, and you own a percentage of them so i think yeah there is a there is a, a line of thought there um there's various different ways this can go um my concern is i think we are about at the limit of um complication should we say for new people into the index people have been there a while understand it completely inside out back to front whatever you add a little bit in and people sort of learn about that and then they just add it to their knowledge fine when you're coming to the index and you've got media bars you've got single um, game days you've got double you know two game days you've got three uh, triple game day. you've got triple media you've got then go on assist bonus you've got clean sheet you know and then they say okay so 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 say you know you, you've got players saying oh um you know, so Defoe can get media buzz, yeah, and you say, well, no, actually, you need to be in the top 200 and whatever, and, and it just starts to make it complicated. And I think one of the uh, bits, you know, one of the um, sort of good bits of in, in football index is it is quite a basic product. Um, and I think making it too complicated and adding too much more to it and things like that might put off new people. They'd look at it and think, oh, God, I, I can't understand all these figures. I mean, you know, why is it a treble match? Day? Why did I earn 12p a share this time? And why did he only get 4p this time? So it was only one to four matches. I'd say, yeah, there's loads of FA Cup. Ah, forgot to tell you, FA Cup's not included. Right, okay. mm. there are internationals. So I don't buy any Ajax players then because they're not in, you know, PB League. You say, no. So, but what about, like, World Cup games or Champions League? Ah, yeah, Champions League is. And you, it, it just gets to a point where so many complications can be thrown in and although it's it's nice i think for the experienced traders i think you know we, we need to bear in mind um new people to the platform and making it you know taking away as fewer obstacles as possible to really get in their head around it mm. and what do you make of people who think that we should share split then dividend rise 
in a cyclic nature. Uh, and the, the one thing I really liked about this question is that it presented a different way or different manner that the, the index could operate, which would make it not only accessible, but also to some degree make or allow prices to rise quite significantly. I think this is the big stepping stone that Football Index need to take. And I think because people are presenting options like this like the bitcoin model i think that kira mentioned the anti-split or reverse split whatever he wants to call it there are different ways and they're thinking about it which i think is really encouraged encouraging what what are your thoughts on the potential that we could have a cyclic kind of share split dividend increase yeah i mean it's where does it end doesn't it you you sort of um you know you split the shares and you you increase you know where would it where would it finish kind of it would come consistently get to a point where it just keeps on going obviously the percentage one that wouldn't happen um yeah there are are plenty of people cleverer than me who could probably put facts and figures to this and explain why which one is best i I look at this very simplistically and revert back to my original point of you know to, to to sort of chop and change things around isn't always a good thing for a market it's you know people like consistency people like uniformity and people like to understand clearly and concisely what what is set um it really is a tough one this one i I can see the merits for both i really can um you know when you're three years old as an index there are going to be big changes there has to be um whether this is probably the biggest one on the horizon i think you might you might well be right um but as i say it's um it's, it's one that needs to be addressed certainly because you could end up as you say splitting the shares on a regular basis if, if they consistently um you know get too high and you know dividends obviously increase with them yeah i think um it's going to be interesting to see what football index do what kind of questions or ideas they present it'd be really great if they open the floor to traders to to actually kind of talk about ideas they think could work yeah, I, I, I think, well, you know, the more people who, um, you know, get together, the more likely is you're going to get a whole lot of ideas that people never th- never heard of before. Um, you don't expect, as I said right at the beginning of the podcast, you know, they probably Linux a car with a phenomenal product, but it doesn't mean it's perfect. And someone might come up with an idea, you know, like the, it's like when Adam put the um, poll out saying, you know, share split, yes or no, and the majority of people said, yes, you know, it is something we like. So, you know, they've listened and they've gone with it. And I think that's a, a dip in the toe in the water of listening to what people want. Mm. I think there's also a danger to that as well. You don't want the tail to wag the dog, as it were, and us to tell people in next how to run their business because they've got every right to turn around and say, well, yeah, thanks for your feedback, but at the end of the day, you know, it was my money that got this up and running and has created what it is. You know, what I say goes, kind of thing but you know i think it's very good that they do ask and um yeah maybe to have a i was going to say you know a panel of traders but again you're into the realms of you know some people you know everyone is equal but some are more equal than others and i don't think that would be necessarily right either but um yeah i think engaging public opinion and maybe having forums or you know a random group of people to give feedback and discussions on things i don't think is a bad thing and um at the end of the day if it happens and it doesn't you know prove to be you know as as successful well you know at the end of the day it was the traders that sort of said you know we agree with that or you know we we would like to try it so um yeah things will things will evolve having that feedback loop in a product which is trying to disrupt a very aging and archaic industry is really important isn't it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely right there you know there, there are very there's some very sort of uh clever and astute traders um and i think 
for them to be ignored would be would be foolish and um you know certainly i'd i'd welcome it if i had a business that was you know expanding at the rate that football indexes um because you can't you can't have your finger on every single pulse it's impossible and um you know if someone turned around and said yeah, just come back to the point about the uh, the, the free um you know virtual cash or whatever um you know with with nasdaq taking over the the index and you know people emailing this that and the other and querying goals and assists you maybe haven't got time to sit down and, and think about things like that whereas someone just switches a light on you think you know what that's a great idea and um you know as i say that that feedback i think is really really useful and then yeah hopefully it will be um maybe not necessarily implemented but certainly considered and you know the merits the merits looked at Mm-hmm. Well, next question. Uh, thank you very much for par yes. That was a really good one. Uh, it's from James Fraser. I've got a few about the share split here. Um, how has your portfolio evolved in preparation for the appending share split? And I think you mentioned that, you know, there is no intrinsic value change with the share split so what have you done in preparation well, well again, going back to rule one, as I always do, the diverse portfolio. Um, so you're kind of covered on all bases really um if the top 10 fly brilliant if the top 10 dip well i've got a a diverse portfolio so you know i I kind of um are prepared for all outcomes however having said that they i did go through on the downtime over christmas looking at various players and thinking you know what what is this player going to give me uh, over the next however long and, and if they were ones that i popped into the um q cell once they'd sold i did um tend to look at the top 10 players and think okay let's let's sort of uh, consider what is likely to happen um at the share split time and that is in my opinion again you know it's not guarantee but that in my opinion is where quite a bit of the money will go because people will look at this and think you know i'm, I'm starting i'm starting out i've got 100 pounds to, to spend no oh, i can you know buy five Neymar or whatever whereas with a share split it would be you know you, you could afford a lot more so or, or more you know, numbers of futures so initially I think there will be a um, an uptick in the in the higher priced players obviously when they go up um, the next level then become more uh, attractive from a yield point of view so um, I think a share split's a good thing um, I understand why it's being done. Um, I think there will be a rise in top players. And because of that, I have started to edge slightly more towards those players. Um, I'm not saying it's a complete shift because it isn't. Um, but certainly um, that's where I start to look for the money that I did raise um, from a few players. So, you know, topping up on the likes of Neymar, Pogba, even Messi, although, you know, as I say, he's um, not one that I'm a big holder of, but um, I don't think you can ignore what he's doing uh, currently and um so yeah um some some top tens were, were where i uh, trickled a bit of cash shall we say mm-hmm. uh and another one this is from ddm also on twitter as was james fraser's question how do you think the market will react in the hours following the share split mass selling mass buying or both or business as usual <laughs> goodness me if only i knew um again the answer is i don't know but um my gut feel is initially there'll be uh, an increase, um, which is obviously why I've decided to sort of you know, favour those sort of players. Um, once they've gone up, they will then, uh, as I said, people will then think, okay, well, they seem to have 
you know, increased. I might have missed the boat a little bit, or they look quite expensive now. So would would look at the next level. So um, yeah, I think an initial uptick, maybe a little bit of profit selling, but um, hopefully they'll hold the price. Because don't forget, when people join the index, which people are doing, according to Mike, in in good numbers, <laughs> the first place they'll look at is is the fashionable players. You know, we are say so we are. <laughs> talking like we the royal we here but you know football index is, is now attracting more and more people and they are attracting those emotional punters who are sitting in the pub and thinking yeah i'm a i don't know chelsea fan i'll put 20 pound on chelsea to win and whatever you know they it's here and it's now and it's what's in their face they'll come onto the index and they'll think yeah i, I know neymar i know pogba um I've, you know mbappe yeah he had a good world cup in eden hazard yeah i've heard about him um and 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 if their if their price is of, of a, a lower value that does attract them, then um, you know I think it will attract the money. It takes a little bit of time before you start looking down at the um, you know the potential, should we say, the slow burners um, of this world, um, and and therefore they won't attract the the immediate money. They will over time. Um, I feel, but um, as I say, I, I think it'll be, there'll be an initial uptick in the higher players. Um, followed by yeah maybe a little bit of leveling off and a little bit of profit taking and then then we'll go to the next level and it will, it will gradually filter down and the, the, the market will, will find its balance again i think mm, i think that's a very very nice point to end on where can people find out more about you mate um well basically on um on twitter as i say you know by all means uh, follow me on twitter hopefully don't get too much abuse i try to be fairly sort of uh, down the middle with my views and opinions um fi futures trader is my um, twitter handle so uh, and, and i'm on the index gain as well uh, on slack so um you can always uh, pop on there and uh, tell me what you thought of my uh, my uh, role on, on your brilliant podcast <laughs> thank you very much appreciate your kind words um but yeah if if you guys are commuting right now please enjoy your commute and as always shout out to the non-commute crew you can follow me at underscore fi guide no it's not it's at fi guide underscore now because i i, I leveled up i've not taken my full form yet but i've leveled up uh, because a lot of people were complaining that finding that underscore before fi guide was pissing them off so uh went with the crowd after a bit of criticism and changed it hope you guys like that <laughs> and i hope you guys enjoyed the show please please do leave a review subscribe and all that lovely stuff thank you very much for listening